I'm just going to start off by helping us uh, get into a, a different space. Uh, I know that it's, it's difficult, it's extra work to do online church, um, and it's not easy. So I encourage you guys right now just to put distractions away from you. I know that it's super tempting because no one's watching it could tell you what to do. And, and actually, if you don't do it, like it doesn't impact me or anyone. It's, it's, it's for you. But I know for myself, putting distractions away helps. Let's just quiet our hearts, our minds, and our soul. Let's prepare ourselves for the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray and welcome the Holy Spirit into this space. Um, and I encourage you guys, if you actually need to pause the video and take more time in this space, do so. Because preparing our hearts for God and what he's going to do is, is really important. Um, and it, it just takes more work online. So, yeah, let's, let's, let's just pause for a little bit. Let's invite the Holy Spirit in and create this space to be helpful for us to learn as well as to encounter the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Come and invade the spaces that we're in. We welcome you. We welcome you here. We welcome you to move, to be so evident and present in each of the rooms that this is being watched in. Come and lead this space. Father, we want to surrender all our own agendas to you right now. We want to lay down distractions and everything else. Would you be our teacher, our guide, our counselor, would you be to each person watching this exactly what they're needing this evening? Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, for some of you guys, it might have been quite a while since you last invited the Holy Spirit into a space, and so I encourage you not to rush on. If you need to pause this stream, you can do so. We'll still be here when you come back. Maybe play a song. Holy Spirit, come. We just want to wait for you. We want to start when you're ready. We want to start when, when you, yeah, are moving in us, when you have shaped our hearts. Mm-hmm. I bless you guys with incredible encounters with Jesus right now in the name of Jesus, through his Holy Spirit. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. Won't you open up our ears, our hearts, and our minds to you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so tonight's sermon uh, is inspired by all great sources of wisdom, and that is a meme that I saw on Instagram. Um, Reminded to future self, if you haven't sent the meme on the group, do it now. Um, He's going to be thanking me later. Um, but we could see in this, in this meme, this little uh, comedic illustration, um, I found it quite profound. And it talks about the, the, how we perceive motivation and, and actually how it works. And so what people think, how people think motivation works is that there's this lovely romantic motivation character that says, come on, keep going, you can do it. And you're like, yeah, I will do it. Yeah, that sounds great. And we kind of wooed into doing the thing that we don't actually want to do or that we know we should do. Um, and, and motivation is the one that, that woos us into this. But actually, how it really works is that motivation comes up to this much bigger and more muscular uh, giant of a person called discipline. 
and it wakes it up, and then discipline carries going, you will do it. I find myself at different points over the last year seeking out motivation because it's been tough to get out there and keep at the grind of life. I find myself that sometimes, you know, you'd watch a YouTube video or read a book or something that was really motivating and it would help for a little while, sometimes not at all, but sometimes that motivation uh, hits something deeper than just our wanting to do something. And it hits that that self-discipline, self-control, or self-leadership within us. And that drives us to do what needs to be done. So tonight we're going to be talking about the value of self-discipline, self-control, self-leadership. Why do I want this even in the first place? What does scripture have to say about it? How do I get more of it? Um, and, and what are good self-disciplines uh, to have? John Maxwell has this brilliant illustration about self-leadership and self-discipline. And it's this. Everything worthwhile is uphill. Whatever it is we want to become or achieve that is like meaningful is an uphill climb. The problem is, is that our habits are, are down your habits. They, they take us back. And so it's hard work getting up the hill. We really want to have quick fixes, quick solution, overnight success, but it's just not going to be that way. Everything that's meaningful, that's worthwhile, is uphill. There's no coasting to that which is meaningful. There's no kind of, we'll get there eventually um, by just carrying on doing the little things. Um, in fact, he says that if we start coasting, coasting is one of those downhill habits. Um, it's like pushing a massive boulder up a hill that every time you want to stop, instead of just stopping, it starts rolling back down the hill again. And so the pursuit of that which is meaningful is hard work. James Clear is a behavioral psychologist who I really enjoy, and, and he's done some extensive, extensive research into habits that are both conscious and subconscious habits. He argues that with every action we take, we take a vote in terms of, towards the kind of person that we want to be. We, we take a vote towards the type of person that we want to become. Now, this is not foreign to us. Um, if I choose to go on a run regularly, then after a while, I've become a runner. That which I've done is, is become a part of who I am. Um, if I want to write on a regular basis, after a while, I become a writer, and so on. He poses the question, what if we had to get better by 1% every day? Now, with compound interest, over a year, if we improve ourselves by 1% every day, over the year, we would have improved by over 2,000%, which is crazy. But he says the scary side of this is the flip side. What if we let ourselves go just a little bit? Today, ah, it's fine, it's not that bad, by just 1% each day. That's not a lot. It means ah, I'll probably just leave this for tomorrow or this will, I'll get around to it eventually. Over the year, we're just, just not too much, but just enough for me to take a load off. After one year, we'll be hitting rock bottom. We'll be in that space where actually we're at the lowest of the low. And so while improving 1% each day gets us to being 2,000% better, Decreasing ourselves by 1% each day eventually gets us all the way down to nothing. You see, discipline is tough. Self-control, self-leadership is really hard. But the opposite is even harder. 
Hebrews 12 verses 11 says this. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. Discipline is the act of delayed gratification. It's the mindset of paying for it now and enjoying it later, rather than playing around now and then paying for it later. Proverbs 25 verses 28 says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. All that that we've built for and worked for in our whole lives gets undone by the lack of self-discipline, self-control. Proverbs 13 verses 4, The soul of a sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9 verses 24 to 27, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things, and they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating air, but I discipline my body. I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So we see that self-leadership, self-discipline, self-control, whatever you want to call it, is a vital part of beginning to live out the kind of life which is meaningful. Now, if you're anything like me, this can be one of the most crushing statements you've ever heard. See, I've been surrounded by some incredibly disciplined people in my life. My dad, for as long as I remember, has gotten up at a ridiculous time in the morning every single day to enjoy a quiet time with the Lord. My wife, while we were dating and she was still studying, um, spent at least half an hour every single day on her studies, sometimes up to three, four hours. And this was after spending most of the morning in hospitals doing the practical sides of things. And even on the days when I was trying to convince her to do more fun things. My mom goes on more runs than I ever think is necessary at like five in the morning. Whereas I spend the first hour of my morning contemplating whether I have enough energy to get up and make myself coffee You see, Shan's up in the morning, out going to be a good doctor, and and I wake up and I have to try and think, what am I going to do with my life? Way too early in the morning. And this is the hardest part about getting started, is we continue to look at what everyone else is doing and the discipline that they have. This year, I've decided to start being more uh, disciplined in my exercise, which is going actually really well. I've been signed up for a triathlon, um, which is at the end of the year, and it's going to be quite a thing. Um, But I've been doing exercise a minimum every second day, if not every day. And there's a group of us all training together. But the comparison trap is tough. On Monday, Shan and I went out for a swim. It was an hour-long swim, and I managed to do two and a half Ks. And I was stoked. I was on top of the world. This was like my third or fourth swim of the year. And it was definitely my longest and by far my fastest. I was even bragging at dinner like, man, I smashed it today. The next morning... I'm scrolling through Strava just to see that one of the other moms in this church went for a swim in the same day, and after an hour and 20 minutes, just 20 minutes longer than I had swam, she had swum four kilometers. Are you nuts? Then on Tuesday, I go for an eight-kilometer run with a a very fit friend of mine. Now, this is probably the longest run that I've attempted this year, and this guy I was running with casually says, Sure, I've got this slight injury in my glute here. And you know what? This is a really good, like, active recovery run for me. While we're running up a flipping 
mountain. I was dying in the heat. I was like, bro, we need to walk. And he was like, oh, at the end, that was such a good recovery muscle, like run. Definitely helped, helped out loosen all the muscles and whatnot. My word. But if I had to continue with every comparison trap, we'd be here all day. And while I am definitely slightly jealous of these people, I'm also immensely inspired by these people. So we have to avoid that comparison trap, but instead to run the race that's marked out for us. So how, how do we build discipline in our lives? Firstly, I want to say that we don't build these activities just out of a religious obligation, uh, just going through the motions, although at times that is necessary. But if that's the state of the general how we're doing these things, then actually that's, that's really bad. <laughs> um, so, for example, with the running and cycling and swimming, I actually have to enjoy it as well. Otherwise, over the year, it's just going to really suck. And so I make sure I go with people and enjoy it and, and make it fun. It's the same with spiritual disciplines. If we're doing these things, but we're literally just doing these things for the sake of doing these things, uh, while it will be beneficial, um, it's not as beneficial or even as relational building with God as we want it to be. And, and actually, at the end of the day, that's what we're wanting. We're wanting to connect with God. We're wanting to walk in His Spirit. The great thing about self-control is that it's actually a fruit of the Spirit. The very last one on the list, but nonetheless, it's powerful because it means that as we walk in the Spirit with God, as we invest in our relationship with Him, this is one of the side effects that is part of that. Last year, we learned in the book of James that a lot of what we do is an overflow of that which is going on in our hearts. You see, there's all that stuff that's going on in our hearts and minds, that eventually bubbles out. We learned a lot about that in terms of you know, fresh water and salt water spring. And so a great part of, of rewiring ourselves and, and looking at our actions is actually looking on the inside. We're renewing our mind. We're refreshing our heart. And we spoke about that last year, renewing our mind. We spoke about um, you know, cleansing our hearts from all the things that are, are broken or bitter in there. But I remember a, a conference I was at in 2014 when I heard a sermon on renewing our mind that changed the way I thought about it forever. And um, Bevan actually hinted and alluded to it a lot last year as well. But just for a good reminder, we often think of renewing our mind as slamming new information in our head in the hope that it pushes out the bad stuff. But the way the brain works is that it has loads of different neurological pathways. The more that we use these pathways, the stronger they become. So each time, for example, I go on a walk, and I'm enjoying nature, and I'm really enjoying the company around me, that starts a new neurological pathway. The next time I'm doing that same activity, it will go to that neurological pathway and strengthen it just a bit more. It's why we're studying, for example, um, you, after a few days of repeating the same thing, eventually it's just in there. And this is how the brain works. Every time we do an activity, it will create a pathway um, in our brain about what is happening. And soon it becomes like a highway, second nature. When we're doing it, our brain's like, this is what we're doing. And so that's why I never think about how do I tie my shoes or what exactly I'm doing when I'm riding a bicycle or breathing or eating. Mind you, I still wouldn't call myself an expert in any one of those areas. But part of this learning and, and unpacking discipline within ourselves is taking advantage of this idea of that which we're doing molds that which we become. So sort of, start of self-discipline is just doing the thing. If I read my Bible every day, it becomes part of what I do 
as well as something that I choose to do. Three or four years ago, we did a reg- uh, before we did regular weeks of prayer, I invited some of the young, young adults to come over to, to my parents' house because I was staying there for every morning for an hour of prayer, just for the week. And there were about four or five of us, except for that one morning when everyone was sleeping and it was just Adrian and myself. But at the end of the week, my dad led us in a debrief time. And one of the things that I wrote down at the end of that is that if we spend more time in prayer, we become more prayerful people. Imagine, profound. If we spend time doing the thing, we become the thing. It's, it's like the way that it's working. You know, if you put in the reps, is what James Clear, the guy I mentioned earlier, he says, first you just got to put in the reps. You got to put in the hard work, the hard yards. He then recommends that we reshape the environment that we're in. You see, sometimes the environment we're in is really unhelpful. One of the traps that I fall in is that our lounge that I sit in most of the time when I'm just coming back from work or doing something has two couches, one that faces into the room and the other one that faces towards the TV and the Xbox. Now, which couch do you think I sit on most and what activity do you think ends up happening the most? You see, he argues that if you want to learn how to play guitar, you put it right in the middle of your living room. You shape the environment in order to actually develop the habit that you want. And so if you're wanting to read your Bible, keep it in a place where you see it often. And every time you see it, you think, just pick it up, read a little bit. If you want to worship more, put your guitar or instrument or uh, whatever it is that you do for worship, whether it's painting or quiet times, in the middle of the living room. Make sure that it's somewhere that you stumble across and think, oh, I should really just do that right now. Another little trick with developing discipline is to join it onto already established habits. If you have a strong habit of brushing your teeth already established every morning and evening, then put praying to God for two minutes at the end of that or 10 push-ups or whatever it is you're wanting to build a habit in. After a while, we then are able to claim the new identity of that which we're doing. After a while, I can say that I am a person of prayer. Where's the proof? I've prayed after every time that I've brushed my teeth morning and evening. And then this helps us when it comes to future decisions. What would a person of prayer do in this situation? What would a runner do in this situation? And and it it tends to, to help cement the habit, the lifestyle, the votes that we're casting towards the person that we want to become. And then get specific and accountable. This is something that almost everyone has to say when it comes to starting bringing about change, becoming a new person. And don't say, I'm, gonna do, I'm, I'm just going to pray next week, and that's going to be great. Be specific. I will read one chapter of the Bible at 8 a.m. every morning at my desk. There's a time, 8 a.m., there's a place, my desk. There's the activity. Not just reading my Bible, it's one chapter of the Bible. And then find someone who cares about you and your growth journey to ask them, Uh, Every time they see you or just think about you, to to pop a message how it's going. Maybe you can be proactive and say, hey, it went really well this morning. And they can go, great, that's amazing. Well done. Keep it up. And the motivation that instead of just sitting there flatly trying to woo us over is instead beginning to flip the discipline switch. And that boichi is carrying us over the the line. Now you see there's some, some helpful things. Uh, that we've already begun to discuss. 
But what are good spiritual disciplines to do? So we've, we've spoken about why would we want them. It's because actually everything meaningful is uphill, and we don't want to be sliding downhill. We don't want to get 1% worse every day until we're hitting rock bottom and becoming the worst versions of ourselves. Instead, self-discipline enables us to become the best versions of ourselves, the self that is growing exponentially every single day. And we see that, yeah, Scripture's telling us that actually we want to put it in self-discipline. We read those Proverbs and in Corinthians. You know, like, a, like an athlete, we're training ourselves. We're putting in self-control so that we can run this race. But what are the disciplines that we're going to be putting ourselves into? Now, there's a bunch of good books that I really recommend on this. Dallas um, Willard, Willard has the Spirit of Disciplines. Uh, Richard Foster, who's known as like the father of spiritual disciplines, he wrote one of the earlier books uh, called uh, The Celebration of Discipline. And then one that I started off with, which was really good, was by James Arthur Smith. It's called The Good and Beautiful God. Each of these just talks into spiritual disciplines, different things that can help us. And from these, I've kind of taken a few kind of really key disciplines that aren't going to be a surprise, but are really, really helpful. And I, and I hope that in this next week, we can start putting down those specific times and spaces uh, that I encourage you um, to do. And the reason why we're focusing on these first is because these are the catalyst towards self-control. As we start walking in the spirit, then the self-control becomes more evident in us and it grows in us. It's like a seed that's been planted and, and it just starts growing. But at the same time, it's like a muscle where we have to work and put in the reps every day. So diving into it, the first one is prayer. And this is an obvious one, but also an easy one to introduce because we do it often subconsciously without even thinking about it. You know the most prayed prayer of wives? Oh Lord, give me strength. I know Shannon has to pray that one often. Um, but it's something that actually our hearts are crying out in the different situations. And, and it's just being more intentional about the conditions of our heart, giving that towards God, making that um, more official. Even if it can't be like that, though, just recognizing that in that space, that's a prayer. When there's that groan within you of, oh, this is hard. Or when there's that celebration of, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. For me, often, one of the most spiritual times of prayer is actually in the ocean. So we'll be praying that, that regulations change around that soon. I'm praying about that in any case. So we have prayer. We have reading scripture. Now this one is, um, is one when we think about reading scripture, there's a whole Bible and it's quite overwhelming. So start small. Start with the passages that are quite easy or ones that you really enjoy, that interest you. And once the, the habit is developed, over time you'll get to everything and, and actually start to enjoy the things that you're doing. Um, you start to read scripture knowing that actually this is like a love letter from God to you and you're getting to discover more things about him and who he is. Um, and it's, it's really awesome in terms of discerning what's going on around you. It's, it's a really important discipline. Caring for others. Again, you don't have to save their lives and, and we think of completely curing hunger and sickness and poverty um, but start small. Listening is a powerful form of showing love, being available, um, and, and, and start off in the small ways. Caring for others is super, super important. Gratitude. This one is so important. I did a whole sermon on it last year. It reshapes our hearts and minds powerfully. It reorientates us around that which God is doing and that which he has provided um, and is really powerful against fear and against being disheartened. 
And we're getting into some of the more deeper ones. Taking risks in the spirit, praying for healing, words of knowledge, praying for the dead to rise. All of those risks that actually we're going to put ourselves a little bit out on the limb here. But getting in the discipline of when you're seeing the opportunity, taking it, not procrastinating is really, really helpful, really useful discipline. Um, and probably one that will be like the, the guitar in the middle of the lounge. We have to actively retrain ourselves whenever we see something to actually do it. So uh, that's why it's a little bit lower on the list. Um, active recovery, like that dude who was running the mountain with me. Proper rest, working and living out of a place of rest, out of overflow with the Spirit. When we talk about rest, we often think about doing nothing, sitting, watching series. And while those things can be helpful for a little while, if that's our main form of rest, we're actually starving ourselves. We're not going and lying down in the green pastures beside still waters that the Lord has prepared for us. That's why I like to call it active recovery. It's something that we actually have to do that's more than just the, the downhill habits. It's re-strengthening ourselves in the Lord. It is, it is finding out once again who we are at the feet of Jesus. And so part of that is like meditation, solitude, simplicity, um, you know, those sorts of, of disciplines, fasting, that sort of thing. And then, of course, following the commands of Christ and, and through that, the rest of the scriptures. Those are some brilliant starting places. And so we're going to actually right now leave comments in the YouTube, write it down, message someone. What is it that you're going to do this week? What's a discipline that you're wanting to do to go and live a life that's meaningful, that's worthwhile? Um, is it prayer? Is it reading scripture? Is it caring for others? Gratitude, taking risks, active recovery, following the commands of Christ. When are you going to do it? Where are you going to do it? What are you going to do? Very, very important. Um, think about how you're going to reshape the environment of your room or anything like that uh, to be able to do this thing. And, and get accountable. It's so, so important. Maybe do it after you brush your teeth. If that's an established habit, if you don't brush your teeth regularly, don't do it after you brush your teeth. It will not be helpful. But if you do it breakfast every day, then do it after breakfast every day, that sort of thing. So that's discipline. That's starting these habits. That's growing the muscle of discipline. Um, guys, it's so important. Over this last year, we've, we've lost this, this discipline of the everyday routine. It's so easy when you have routine like work every day and that sort of stuff to build discipline. And I found myself really struggling with discipline. Last year, I had to manufacture routines and situations and environments for me to get stuff like my thesis done, for me to get stuff like exercise actually happening, uh, for me to even remember to get food and, and that, clean the house, that sort of thing. Um, it was, it's a lot of work. Um, I, I spoke a couple of weeks ago at, at Explore about rallying while taking the hits. How do we start off this year when we keep being knocked down. And discipline is such an important part of taking us for the long run, taking us to life that's meaningful. And it's something that God delights in. He, he loves it when we're taking the things that he's given us seriously. He loves it when we partner with him. Um, one of the most beautiful things to see is that the more that we invest in these spiritual disciplines, the closer we become to Christ. And if we're not finding that, then we have to make some big changes we need to find some friends, talk about it, what's happening. But the majority of time, I've witnessed in my own life and in the lives of others that the more we invest in spiritual disciplines, the more in love we fall with Christ, 
the more we see him working. Um, and it opens doors to things that, that we wouldn't have thought possible before. You know, if we're struggling to, to forgive or, or repent or move on from something, the discipline of spending time with Christ, falling more in love with him, being shaped like him, over time that becomes easier. The reality is, is that while a lot of us are hurting, the only person who can help you in the stages that you're at is yourself. And God's going to help you in that. And there's a community around you that's going to be there for you to support you and back you as much as we can. But you've got to put in the effort. You've got to be the one who's driving this thing. You've got to be the one who's wanting to go, I don't want to have those downhill habits. And so leave a comment in, in, the, in the comment section below or um, you know, post something to a trusted person who cares about your growth. And, and let's be intentional about building discipline. It'll take us through many hard times. And if you're in a point where you're like, Josh, I know this is super important. I'm just really struggling. The comparison trap is real. I just don't trust myself anymore. Then let's have a chat. Let's start from, from the beginning. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Let's work this out together. Because it's a very real issue. You know, Paul talks about doing things that he doesn't want to do, but not doing the things he doesn't want to do. And, uh, and we have to take that seriously. Guys, I hope this has been encouraging uh, because the reality is, is that if we start getting these things right, we start to live lives that are meaningful. And I want to bless you guys as we go into this next week to seek out Christ in everything that you're doing, uh, to take the votes to being the kind of person that the Lord delights in. And I bless you with incredible encounters with the Holy Spirit, with each of these activities to become more than you can ask or imagine. I bless you as you seek, as you ask, as you pursue him to find him and to receive from him what he has for you.